shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim, shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim, shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim, shine forth. We'll be moving from um epistle to epistle uh but going through the epistles and gaining light insight into the mystery of christ by the mercies of god amen amen happy new year to everyone happy new year happy new year i hope you enjoyed your christmas you're looking forward to a new year i'm so excited about this year personally i know for the earth it may not be very exciting here but for me personally, in my in my walk with God, in my steps with God, and us as a people, I'm trusting God. I I I was seeing something that just before the new year is you know is that concept of I I know also with EGFM is the concept of everlasting life. Uh so the, the the scripture that came to my heart was Revelation chapter twenty, when it was saying, "But they shall be priests of God and of Christ." Uh that God there is everlasting Father, everlasting life. And Christ, so life and everlasting life is going to be our focus for this year. Understanding Christ and God willing, also uh, getting feeding off the flow of the season, which is everlasting life as well. Praise the name of the Lord. Amen. Uh, one thing different we are also going to do, and I've mentioned this to my folks in Edmonton. Um, we have a little, a small team of people who. We decided we're going to start doing some follow-up, uh, you know, with just better people are, you know, those who are responding and those who are not quite uh, as frequent, just general follow-up. And so they are putting together kind of like a spreadsheet of our con uh, all of us on both groups, Edmonton and Calgary, and they are going to start. It's quite a bit of work because actually we are, when you really count us, uh, we are getting closer to 100 um, so uh, I was I was hoping that maybe one person from Calgary can also volunteer um, to do maybe uh, to do part of the monthly follow up for uh, our our folks in Calgary who are on that on the WhatsApp group. Uh, you know, uh, it's essentially how the concept is that you know follow up with somebody we everybody once a month. Um, so it may end up being that you follow up with uh, three or four people a week. And um, uh, it could be a text message. Um, it could start with a text message or maybe a follow-up phone call. And they say, oh, hi, how are you doing? And checking in. So I, I think no matter what, no matter how deep we are in the spirit, people still and just appreciate that concept that, you know, they are not just forgotten. They're not just a, not a name on your ministry or a name in your WhatsApp group. But, uh, you know, people actually care. Um, so you don't have to answer me now, but uh, you can think about it. Or you can send me a WhatsApp if you may be interested in uh, helping us uh, assist that. Just a little bit of extra manpower to help the uh, couple of uh, people in Edmonton who will be also doing that work. Otherwise, they will just do it. But I think um, someone from Calgary will be more personable to those who are in Calgary. Praise God. Amen. Um, let's open our Bibles to Ephesians. Praise God. Okay. 
Amen. Let's open our Bibles to Ephesians chapter 2, chapter 3, I said, yeah. Chapter 3 from verse 1. For this cause, I, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ, for you Gentiles, if ye have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God, which is given me to you, Lord, how that by revelation he made known unto me the mystery, as I, afore, as I wrote afore in few words, whereby when ye read, ye may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ which in other ages was not made known unto the sons of men, as it is now revealed unto his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit, that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs and of the same body, and partakers of the promise in Christ. So there is a promise in Christ. It means Christ is not the promise. Right? It means Christ is not the promise. But when you engage Christ, you will find out the promise. When I mean find out the promise, not that you just know, okay, this is the promise he has promised us eternal life. It means you begin to know what that eternal life kind of smells like. That it's not just, you know, it's not a magic. You get me? Eternal life is not, God does not do magic. He does magic and you are eternal life. You don't even know what eternal life is until when you come into Christ. When you come into the accessing the knowledge of God. Who is Christ? The wisdom of God, the knowledge of God, who is Christ? When you begin to access that knowledge, access that wisdom, praise God. When you begin to access that knowledge, access that wisdom, what you are accessing is that you are accessing an information that will tell you a couple of things. It will tell you something about the promise. When you are accessing Christ, you will have an inference. There will be an inference, inference. Into the, the passing of the promise. The actual promise of which he has promised you. So really, really, a soul cannot know the promise. Except he has beginning to know God, know Christ. Praise God. And just to be very blunt, I mean it's very obvious. If you ask most Christians, what is the promise? To make heaven. That's a very, I mean just, and it's not, not, not fault of theirs, it's not their fault. If you don't access Christ, you won't know the promise. You get me? It won't just, you know, people, and you know, the same people who will say to make heaven, they also know that God wants to give us eternal life. So now they don't know it. But they can't just put the thing together. You get me? Because of, you know, ignorance. It's not their fault. It's just blindness of heart. They can't just calculate it together because of blindness of heart. Praise God. So it will take the spirit of wisdom and revelation. In the knowledge of him, that's Ephesians chapter 1, that the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, the first thing he will tell you, the first thing enlightenment will do to you, is say that you may know the hope of your calling. That's the first thing enlightenment will do. It means when you begin to access Christ, one of the first things you begin to infer is that <laughs> Christianity is what I'll get born again and make heaven. That's one of the first things, the first breakthrough of understanding you will get. The first, one of the first breakthrough understanding you will get when you know that this is how, if at least the evidence you know that you actually have the spirit of wisdom and understanding is the first evidence. When you begin to wonder, <laughs> so Christianity is not just I get born again, then I live a carnal life, eat well, 
God will bottom my bed, double my double everything for me, and then I make heaven. You get me? When that breakthrough happens to a soul, light, the soul has been enlightened. It means if a soul has not been enlightened, don't expect the soul to think higher than that. Yeah. You get me. I remember when we <coughs> when I first broke into light, uh, uh, one of righteousness, and listening to it, I think for some time, and I now shared it with uh, Pastor Femi as well. He was now listening to it for some time, shared it with his brother. That's how the thing was now moving like that. And then, then after a couple of years, by the time you know we had been in the world of righteousness kind of thing, believed it, seen it. So when we're now in like, you know, local Bible studies, you get local church Bible studies, we now think that we know, <laughs> we know more than the old church. <laughs> I be feeling very righteous when you are standing up and give, throwing your doubts of your bullets of revelation, not knowing I was just injuring things. I was t- telling people things that they ought not to know because they've not been enlightened. <laughs> do you get me? They've not been enlightened. So the first thing you first do, and that's why in that in the realm, I, I want in the wisdom I now got later is that. You don't when you when you come to an assembly, maybe a local church, you, you don't go and throw revelation like that. No. What you actually do is that you point them to prayer and show them why revelation. You don't actually tell them the revelation. You know you know I, I, I you see that in the psalm. The Bible says bind bind up the testimony amongst my servants. Who are who are my servants? Those who are hearing me. Do you get me? You don't if 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 someone is not a servant, say a servant in learning Christ, you don't give them the testimony. Rather, you're giving them the sweetness around it. You have to dance around, like dancing around the promised land. That's the that's the best way to attract them to it. So, you know, like so one of the ah one of those ones is that ah no God doesn't just want us to make heaven. That this or that ah. Oh boy. <laughs> you are you are injuring because you are going into the, the you are going to the core of foundation of their foundation. You get me. And many churches, not just one church, not just for example redeem many churches believe that same thing. So it's not just one place. You are going into the core of their belief. And when you when you hit the core of a man's belief, they must fight you. They gonna fight you, amen. So you don't give testimony, amen. I learned that you know what you now do is that you begin to talk about grace, you begin to throw revelation that is not the actual content, but just throw revelation to attract people to revelation, make people like revelation. That's all. Once you start making people like revelation, they open your heart, their hearts. Then you can now tell them to pray that same prayer. Pray for spirit of wisdom revelation. Now that you like revelation, go and receive spirit of wisdom revelation. Amen. And then you can now impact testimony to them. So a soul who has not been enlightened will never agree that the hope of his calling is not to make heaven, but to have inherit eternal life by learning and obedience. And you can't jump the school. Mm-mm. Nobody can jump that school. Nobody. From thy kingdom come. 
nobody <laughs> can jump that school. Why? Why do I say nobody can jump that school? Quickly, John chapter 17. John chapter 17. Uh, who wants to help us read Latina? Are you, can you be our reader for today? Okay. What verse? Verse, uh, read uh, 1 to 3. Um, John 17 from verse 1. Jesus spoke these words, lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come, glorify your son, that your son also may glorify you, as you have given him authority over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as you have given him. And this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. And Jesus Christ whom has sent, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ. So this is life eternal. This is eternal. This is so it's trying to define eternal life. It's trying to define eternal life. Praise God. This is life eternal. It means actually what it actually means there, this is the life that leads to eternal life. So meaning he's actually talking about everlasting life here. To be honest, but I won't confuse it. But is it this is the life? This is life eternal. This is the life that leads to eternal life. Praise God. It says that they that they might know thee, the only true God. It means knowing the only true God will lead you to eternal life because He is the eternal life. By the time you know Him perfectly, then you will do Him, then you will have the life. You get me? So just knowing him will get you to the door. Doing him will get you to own the life. Praise God. This is that this is life eternal, that they might know thee, <coughs> the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. Now, when the way Jesus put this statement that they might know thee, you don't know him and then go and do other things after you've known him. It's like a continuous term. You will know him. You 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 would abide. It means. Let me just tell you the secret. Your resting place is in knowing God. Do you get me? Knowing him is both the process and then the end. Because the end, whether that the last knowledge is not just the the last knowledge. I call it practical knowledge. It's also a knowledge. You also learn by hands on by obedience. There are two kinds of teacher teachers. Your professor teaching you in class. And then when they send you out for co-op. That's another kind of teacher. But in both sides, in both senses, you are learning. In school, you are learning the theory. In co-op, you are learning the hands-on application. It's still a learning. Praise God. So, we're going back to Ephesians 3. You will see why Paul was worrying for this cause. Paul was worrying because souls need to come and rest in knowledge. Souls need to journey and come and rest in knowledge. They must be knowing and knowing and knowing. And then the final knowing is when you have rested in knowing God. 
when his soul has accepted. You know, one there's one nature of, of man. One nature of man is that in some way Satan. I know it's Satan who put it because it's a stealing nature. What's one nature of man? Tell me what you know so I can go and live my life. That's the nature of man. So let me get what you know so I can go and do what I actually wanted to do all my life. <laughs> He's Satan who put that nature. And there will not be eternal life until that nature dies. Because you know what God actually wants? God wants you to be knowing him until you are a lifelong learner. You are no longer interested in not knowing him again or knowing other things per se. God wants to train us in knowing him, loving him, understanding him until we are permanently seated at his feet. That's it. Is that not what happened to Jesus? I only do what I see my father doing. He was knowing the father, knowing the father, knowing the father, then he now did the end knowledge, obeying the father. Then what did the father now say concerning him? Sit where? At my right hand, till I make thy enemies. So what is Jesus doing? Jesus is still knowing. He's watching who is making his enemies his footstool. The father is learning walk. <laughs> He's learning, he's still learning. He's learning how the father is bringing enemies under his footstool. And as he's learning that, Jesus too is now also seated with the father in his own throne. And Jesus now promised that, I will grant with you to sit with me on my throne. That's his right hand. Even as I overcame, Revelation chapter 3, and sat down with my father on his throne. So actually, life with God is from learning to learning. And the day when you know you are now safe is when you never want to stop learning again. That's the day you know you are safe. Why? Because if you check our souls, there's always something that does not want to learn. Or there's always something in the mind that will be like, where would I learn everything so I can go? Where are you going to? <laughs> Is that not a good question you actually? <laughs> huh? Where are you going to? Because there's nothing in this world. Right? And who told you that you cannot become something in this world and not, and not still be learning? You see that? I like communicating. Have you noticed how learning, being under, learning, submission, those are some of the most tedious tasks for souls. One of some of the most tedious tasks for souls is the most tedious tax for souls. Souls would rather watch four movies than hear two messages <laughs> by nature. Do you get me? Your soul enjoys watching multiple movies more than sitting down to hear like two messages by nature. So that those are if you want to mark growth, that's how you mark growth. Yes. <laughs> you, do you get me? If you want to mark growth, that's how you mark growth. Praise God. That is how you mark growth. How much longer can you stay learning God? How comfortable are you abiding? In just learning God. 
Praise the name of the Lord. Those are the markers of development, of growth in the spirit. Now let's see Paul's labor. Ephesians chapter 3 again. Amen. For this cause, I, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ, for you Gentiles, if ye have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God, which is given me to you, Lord, how that by revelation. So, revelation, what is he trying to do? He made known unto me the mystery. So, revelation to break out mystery, to unearth mystery, to make what was once mysterious, unmysterious. How that by revelation, he made known unto me the mystery. Now, what cause? I know we've, we've touched on this. Let's visit it again. For this cause, meaning for this purpose, what cause is this? That was chapter 2, <coughs> verse 20 to 22. And are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself. Oh, I think Latina was supposed to be the one to read. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> okay, um, so chapter 2, verse 20 to 22. Yes. Having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom the whole building, being fitted together, grows into a holy temple in the north, in whom you also are being built together for a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. Wonderful. So, that's the cause. That's the purpose. Now, so the purpose is building. Not so. One building for the Lord, meaning the realm of Christ and everlasting life, being built up. And a second building for eternal life. So the first building is Christ for everlasting life. The second building is everlasting life for eternal life. So, there is a building upon the foundation of Jesus Christ. So, meaning you'll be learning Christ for that building. Praise God. You'll be learning Christ for that building. Then the second one, in whom, okay, in whom all the building fitly framed together, grow unto an holy temple in the Lord. So, as you are learning Christ, you are becoming a temple for the everlasting Father, for the Lord. Then verse 22 says, In whom ye also, also means in addition, meaning a second story. <coughs> Praise God. A second story in addition to the first building for the Lord. You are being built together. That together is a unison, alignment. Together for an habitation of God through the Spirit. Now, then Paul says, For this purpose. For this cause, I, Paul. Now, what have I just said? I've just gisted you how, how much laborious it is to get a soul to rest on knowledge. All those gists I've been giving you for me about the spirit of wisdom and revelation first to enlighten the soul. Then when the soul has been enlightened is when the soul can now even begin to correct the error called hope of his calling. Not that the soul has not understood Christ well. Just the first thing you just have to break through. Is that look. It's not that you just get born again and want to make heaven. The reason why they got you born again is for a school. For a training. For a building. For an eternal purpose in God. So that you can house the true God called eternal life. And that building is built by knowledge. 
Praise God. Now, it means that even before they begin to build you with knowledge, they first have to detonate wrong structures inside you. Amen? What do I mean by that? Why do they first go after your wrong interpretation of hope of calling? Why is that the first thing they go after? Why is that the first thing they go after? Do you know, do you know why? It's an enemy who did that. Just hear me. Just hear me. If I'm able to, see, if I'm able to convince you that now that you're born, you don't need to do anything else. Just wait to die to make heaven. What have I done? I have eliminated 60 years of life or 80 years of life you could have been using to build temple to house God. Are you you seeing why it's a deadly thing? The moment you cannot see the purpose that I am to be built up a temple, a holy temple in the Lord, and then the habitation of God through the Spirit, the moment you cannot see that purpose, Satan knows you'll be paralyzed. Now, this is what happens when souls come to me like that. When I preach revelation, after the service, I don't worry, I'm experienced. They will come say, Pastor James, wow. Man, that was some deep revs. That was deep, man. Uh, like, you know, how do you do it? How do you know all these things? I did tell me how you do your Bible study. So the person is not seeing that this thing is not about Bible study. It's not about knowing Bible. The person is not seeing that this is not, this is not, you get me? The person is not seeing that this is an eternal purpose. What the person is seeing is that, ah, Brother James knows Bible. And me, I want to know Bible like Brother James. Why is he seeing it that way? He's seeing it that way because he cannot phantom that learning, knowing God is actually your eternal purpose. He can't phantom it. Why? Because the soul has been paralyzed in a lie. Do you get me? In a wrong hope that now you are saved, don't even engage God. The only engagement you have with God is when you need admission to school. When you need spouse to marry, when you need buy car and buy house, that everything you already save, everything is done. Praise the name of the Lord. Does anyone have any questions? I'm entering something, am I not? That what Christ actually does, really. A majority of your learning in Christ is on doing evil works. That's what I'm trying to say. On doing something, things that my father did not plan. You know, the Bible will say that when men slept, so the enemy came to so test. Or the Bible will also say that, you know, when God will plant a seed, a tree, Satan will come and plant weeds as well. And God says, okay, leave the tree and the weeds together. That's how the body of Christ is like. And that's why you can't say that they are evil. I'm not saying anybody is evil. I'm just saying that together with some good seeds, Satan also planted some evil seeds. And all these seeds are growing up together. Do you get me? And those seeds are now growing up in men's souls. And blinding men. And so the moment a soul accesses Christ, Revelation, the first thing they do, Amen, 
the first thing they begin to do is that they begin to war in that soul. Praise the name of the Lord. Sister, I pray her to leave. She had the, she has a Bible study that she holds on every third Sunday of the month that she's hosting. Praise God. She just messaged me. Uh, amen. So you see that the first thing that when you come into the revelations of Christ, the first thing that happens is that there begins to be a, a, a determinate warfare against evil works. What the enemy has planted as wrong hopes of calling. Those things that actually stunted souls from learning God. Now, if all of us here, maybe think back to before you were introduced to the world of righteousness. Some of us, maybe, maybe two years ago, maybe four years ago for some of us, maybe six years ago. Think about if this message has been exposed to you about six years ago. This message of, oh, you need to know God. What's the first thing that comes to most Christians' mind? Can somebody help me? There's one statement that always comes to most Christians' mind. Whenever we're talking, you know, all this two-hour tre- preaching, many extracurricular preaching, you get me? <laughs> What's the first thing that comes to most, most people's souls, Christian souls? The first thing is that they remember that we are saved by grace and not works. That's <laughs> Amen. So the first thing that comes to most souls is that ah no, this is work. So it's not it's not that tedious that we're already born again. Everything was done. The cross settled everything. Everything was done on the cross. Again, lack of understanding. Praise the name of the Lord. Let's see one. Let's see a verse. Let's see. Uh, Latina, help me read. First John chapter two, verse six. First John chapter two, verse six. He who says he abides in him ought himself also to walk just as he walked. Uh Are you seeing it? He who claims he abides in him, say, I'm abiding in Christ, ought himself to what? Walk. Even as who walked? Even as Jesus walked. So when they say the finished work of the cross, the whole journey of Jesus to the cross, he finished it at the cross. And what was the cross? What was the cross symbolic about? We read it last year, Philippians chapter 2. Being found in fashion of a man, he humbled himself, became obedient unto death, over death on the cross. So there was the cross symbolic of the final obedience. But a body has now prepared for me. He went through a journey of knowledge, knowing the Father. Journeying, growing in the Father. Walking as he sees his Father walking. De- spiritual development. As he was learning from his Father. And then he used that development to obey the Father. To submit to the Father. That was the cross. And that's the finished work. Amen. So when a soul be- believes in the cross, what that soul has just done is the soul has begun his walk. Can I prove it to you? The soul has begun his walk. And without that believing in the cross, 
that, that he will not be initiated into the walk that Jesus walked. It has the beginning of the faith. Let's see that Ephesians chapter 2, that very popular. Ephesians chapter 2, help us read Lieutenant verse 6 to 8. No, 8 to 10 actually. Ephesians 2, 8 to 10. For by grace you have been saved through faith, <coughs> and not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. Lest anyone should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Are you seeing it? That we should walk in them as Jesus walked. Created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God has prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. But how did it begin? The very favorite scripture of once saved, forever saved. <laughs> For by grace, no many times people have shouted that verse. <laughs> From the rooftop. And if you don't have knowledge, you think I'm, they think I'll shoot you arrow. So you get me. That verse that, so you're not thinking, ah, am I doing works? And thank God for that verse because there are some religious works too. They, they are some relig- religious works too. Praise God. For by grace are ye saved through faith, that not of yourselves, is the gift of God. They are trying to tell you that. That believing on the cross and new birth experience has nothing to do with whatever you have done in the past. No matter how much you've, you've given money, you're a philanthropist, you've saved the world, you're a medical doctor, you have saved many people who are not supposed to have died, they have not died. Forget all of that. Get new birth is by grace. It has nothing to do with who you are, who you were, what you've done before. It is a gift of God. Full stop. But now, God now says, now that you are born again, I own you. You are now God's what? Workmanship. I now own you. You are born again. By being born again, you give me legal rights to walk in you. Even though some people, they're giving him legal rights to walk in them, but they still fight him. You get me? <laughs> but that's a different story. But before, God did not even have the legal right to talk to you before you were born again. God did not even have the legal right to begin to say he wants to open the eyes of your understanding. What is he opening? <laughs> but being born again gave him the legal right to begin a walk inside you. That's for where his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God had before ordained that we should walk in them. So are you seeing why you need preaching? Do you know what preaching does? Preaching wars with wrong conclusions. Ah, Jesus. Satan, the, the enemy we are fighting is a bad guy. I kid you not. The enemy we are fighting is a terrible fellow. The enemy can make a, a believer just give him the wrong doctrine. Like Saul. Saul thought the worst thing, you know when somebody thinks, when somebody is fighting Satan and fighting against God people, the person will be afraid. Sorry, when somebody is fighting for Satan, he knows he's fighting for Satan and he's fighting against God's people. The person's heart will be afraid because he knows God. <laughs> he, he'll be fighting. 
fighting you but he's fighting out of you he'll be afraid but when somebody is fighting god thinking he's working for god satan is bad Even I've seen such fellows in my life. <laughs> so I understand what Paul saw, saw was. If I be, sometimes I feel I understand Saul's heart a lot more than most others. <laughs> because when you see souls like that, they'll be so zealous and so passionate against you. So much zeal. And because they have, Satan has convinced them. They have right arguments. They have terrible, complete backup for why they should do you evil. In fact, doing you evil is righteousness. Hiya, mother. In fact, they are trying to save, <laughs> they are trying to save people from your hands. You get me? You know, many people may think, you know, some of the things that we do, right, we will teach is blasphemy, not so. We will think, I like people talking about eternal life, everlasting life. Now you have to now learn this one. After that, it's not enough. You now have to learn that one again. You know, some people can just come up with such theories. All, all out of blindness. Wrong hope of calling. Blind, they are blind though. But they are convinced. And is it, when somebody is convinced, problem. Serious problem. But God loves Saul of Tarsus. God loved him. God was seeing that energy. If I can take that, harness that energy. This, this same Saul that is doing all this evil can go far in righteousness. And that's exactly what happened. Hallelujah. Amen. So, one thing I've learned that sometimes, when understanding is not complete, don't be overzealous. Let the zeal be to understand. That's where you're. The energy of your zeal should go towards understanding. Amen. Otherwise, the enemy can hijack you, hijack your thoughts. That's why he hijacks souls. There's another problem with man. We like to come to a conclusion too quickly. By nature. Meaning we want, we like to, you know, the way God, you know God is vast. I think I was saying it in the of the spirit that if somebody can learn a human body, go to medical school, six, ten years to learn human body, that not everybody can even make it to medical school. And they say, remember, doc, being a medical doctor is so complicated and so difficult. And yet it's just the human body that God made. Then you think God is simple? You see that? So even when you've thought you've understood, you actually have not. And do you know what causes souls to do evil? Is when they've thought they've understood and yet they have not. When they've concluded, they'll summarize God. That this is all God can be. So if you denounce somebody else who is doing more than what you think all God can be, what would you do by nature? You want to protect people. You want to save the people <laughs> from that. <laughs> do you get it? So in your mind, you think you are doing salvation. But you are killing souls. 
Yes, I've seen it firsthand. Praise God. But you are killing souls. Let's see more. So we are his workmanship. So God will now have to take over the work and begin to walk you in Christ. Praise God. So now I want to now let the rubber hit the road. Let's go. Let's see that verse chapter 3 again. Chapter 3. Ephesians 1, remember? Lucina, help me read 1 to 3, chapter 3. Okay. 1 to 4, actually. For this reason, I, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus, of Christ Jesus, for you Gentiles, if indeed you have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God, which was given to me for you, how by that revelation he made known to me the mystery, as I have briefly, briefly written already, by which when you read, you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ. Mm-hmm. Now, later on in verse 5, Paul revealed one of the evils that the mystery of Christ came to judge. That's right among the Jews. The Jews, you know how I you know how I'll say, like, once you believe that there is only to make heaven, there's nothing more. And oh, that's all that there's nothing more. So you because of that belief system, you will never want to learn anything more from God. Because you just believe, now I'm born again, I'm safe. The next thing is to make heaven. Everything else is cancelled. Once you believe that thing, you will never want to learn. So in the Jews' problem, their own problem was that they believed Gentiles were dogs. Verse, five, verse 6 says, that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs. The Jews do not believe this thing. This statement that, it is, and now we are reading it because we are Gentiles enjoying it. Do you know how many people wanted to keep Paul because of this statement? Thank God they did not kill him. Kill him. <laughs> Do you know how many people, righteous souls, even some of them Christians, remember them, even Peter, when Peter will come and hang out with Paul with the Gentiles, before he knew it secretly, Peter and Peter's boys will start teaching the Gentiles how to convert to Jewish customs. Paul was like, no, no, calm down, calm down, calm down. This Christ is not, oh no, <coughs> even though Christ was a Jew, this, the learning is not about you be, to becoming a Jew. The learning is about learning a person called Christ. Who know the, the body that Jesus carried was a Jewish body? The content was not Jewish. Are you seeing that? See, are you seeing? And in that in that dimension, imagine a whole Peter. Who how many people consider Peter the head of the church? Everybody consider Peter the head of the church. The head of the church came to your ministry. <laughs> the, I said, the head of the church came to your ministry and said, telling everybody they should become Jews. <laughs> Miss it off. Say hi. Hello. <laughs> the head of the church came to visit your ministry, eh? And now started telling everybody that they should convert to Judaism. Are you seeing the impression? How heavy? Is that not Satan? uh, So it's not that, when I say Satan can use, it's not that the person himself is evil. Peter was not evil. But Peter, what what Satan only works in lack of understanding. When your understanding is incomplete, when there's an ignorant, an ignorant section of you, Satan can take advantage of any soul. And can use any soul. And it's not the first time Satan has used Peter. 
<laughs> Peter was one of those souls that once he believes something and he has concluded it, he will, he will fight anything that is against what he believes. That's the kind of mind Peter was like. And Satan can take advantage of that. Satan dwells in ignorance. Do you get me? And ignorance, ignorance is actually a skill. Ignorance is actually a deadly skill. Ignorance is not just that you don't know. Hear me? Ignorance is that you have another knowledge that is blinding you from God's angle. God's way of saying it. Why does it seem to be easier in where we come from for people to turn to Jesus? Do you get me? They are ignorant too, but that their ignorance is even less than the ignorance of a white of the Caucasian. Or in this Western world. You, let me explain. When you have so much knowledge of how to live your life outside God and you're very comfortable in that knowledge, is an ignorance. Is an actual is a stronger ignorance than the one that says someone will say I don't know if there is God there is no God no there's is a stronger ignorance an ignorance the strength of ignorance because who are you ignorant of you are ignorant of God for me ignorance is that you don't know God ignorance is not that you don't know chemistry <laughs> you get me an ignorant man no matter how rich you are no matter how much philosophy and nuclear physics you know. You are a fool to me. You are ignorant if you don't know God. And so, you will find out that people are more ignorant in the Western world of God. Why? Because they, have, they are more wealthy of worldly knowledge. Meaning they are more comfortable in... You know, so, it's not that they are ignorant of God. They are comfortable in where they are at that... They feel that they ought not to look at. It's difficult for, for them to be convinced to look at. At God's side. Oh, glory to God. Are we being blessed this evening? Yes, sir. Thank you so much. So, when Christ, the purpose of Christ is to undo, undo some of the wrong, especially the first ones, that make you not like, make you not submit, make you not be a Mary to Jesus. That's the reason for Christ. And that's why you have to hear a lot of preachings. Because all those preachings are trying to undo works. So in the realm of Christ, you'll be hearing us talk about, you know, redeeming your time, not watching too many movies. All those things are Christ preaching. So, reduce your Netflix, reduce your movie watching, re- reduce some, even some of those over excessive activities that you do in the realm of milk. Praise God. Now, church, you know, your local church is very, very important. Because without that starting point, there will be no need. There will be no next level. Do you get me? There will be no, it's a preparatory ground. Where you are born again, you begin to first, they begin to wash your body. You know how to compact yourself. Iron sharpened iron. You know how to dwell among saints. 
know the kind of orderly things, general orderly things around the things of God. Praise God. So without that platform, forget revelation. So it's very, very important. Do you get me? But remember how I said that when God sows seed, who else comes to sow seed? The devil come and sow all that many seeds. So if you now notice, many times when you engage, look at it, as important as it is, you see that thing can wear you out. Multitude of activity. Multitude, all those activities are seeds. Do you know why? Because every activity came from a thought. Do you get me? And I'm not saying all the activity is bad. Do you get me? But not all of it came from God. And by you, nobody should, you can't blame them. You can't blame anyone who doesn't have knowledge of Christ. Cannot help themselves. Cannot resist the seeds, the seed of Satan. You can't. Milk alone, you will not be able to resist. And that's the reason why you will see there are all manners of doctrines in different kinds of denominations. When people begin to complain, I, you know, people send videos <coughs> of some, I think the latest one, of some pastors at temple, they have to come and bat with some whatever before they get their miracle. Do you get me? Or then I know there's one that he can't even stand on the floor. People have to lay their down like this so that he can be standing on them while he's preaching. He's not supposed to stand on the floor. Maybe the floor is on holy ground. I don't understand. But you see, where do all those manners of doctrine? And those same people will say in the name of Jesus. So don't get me wrong. Oh my God. And people get born again in such places. So what happened? Why men slept? Satan came to sow tears. Now, what all you are seeing is that in some places there is more manifestation obvious manifestation of satanic seed than other places. But every denomination has a seed in one form or the other as together with God's seed. Am I communicating? I hope I'm making sense. So. I remember many years ago, there was one minister that listened to that. They came from abroad. That one just shocked me. Yeah. Reading, he was reading the book of Hebrews. Stuff that was very clearly talking about holy things, things pertaining to the temple, Melchizedek, the priesthood. I, so I didn't confuse me. It now ended up in Jet and Mercedes Benz. I was wondering how the two correlated. I did it just, I just, it didn't just scatter my head. I, I was literally weak in my soul. I was like, okay, if you want to preach prosperity, there are many other verses. Do you get me? Many, you don't need to go to Hebrew. Leave Hebrew alone. <laughs> There are way many verses to use to preach prosperity. I'm not to fight. But why do you? How do you? How do you? That was Melchizedek. Melchizedek would be crying in his grave. Wondering how, how I turn to how I turn to Mercedes Benz and Jet. I don't get it. <laughs> so it, I, I was I was so I was actually so angry that day. I was wondering how did this? How did it get? How did he connect from here? I don't get it. What kind of seeds? Then, you know, God told me, God now showed me something. God showed me how Satan plants his seed. Let me show you. Let me show it to you. 
he showed me because next the next week it was a it was like a conference now not so right so the next week in maybe the next service when they're doing pr- opening prayer then the next person who was laying prayer will now open that same verse and use it to pray the same limousine and jet yeah. are you seeing that before you know it it becomes a trend Two months from now, somebody else will now come and preach about the same topic. Because you see how spirits, seed start. One person will come and sow the seed. Do you get me? Before you know it, another person will pick up on the seed next Sunday. Another person will pick up on the seed next month. And before you know it, that thing will become an activity. Yes. I watch it happen. I watch it. Uh, God, when God has made you spiritual, you see things. There was another one like that. Another time, one of the guys just came. Oh my God, he was preaching kingdom. Oh, Mr. I'm enjoying it in kingdom of God. Ah, Kayabato, the dominion of the king, the dominion of God. He was, ah, I said, yes. Then before you know it, <laughs> I say, when the guy began to show us the kingdom that he's talking about, ah, yeah, 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 yeah. Wahala everywhere. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh my God. Every, do you know what? I felt bad because the whole people were excited by the message. They were already captured. The guy painted the kingdom, the end. Then, then you know, and this one you're doing presentation. When you're now showing the campuses that he has in the US. The ministry, the ministry campuses, the businesses within the, the campuses. All the things that are taking over airwaves, that are going to media, all those things. And people were believing it. So people, what, okay, what if you now ask somebody after that meeting? Excuse me, sir. I want to do poll. I want to do interview. Can you help me define the kingdom of God? What the person say? The kingdom of God is taking over media. Taking over government. <laughs> taking over businesses. Whereas Jesus said, the kingdom of God is not of this world. I was heartbroken. And I saw how that thing actually became a seed and a tree. Because they they, will bring the, they brought the guy back next year. <laughs> it was not like an apostle. <laughs> I've seen many things though. Seeds. But you know, one thing is that God loves the church. Because do you know what? Despite all the satanic seeds that are in there, whose seed is also still there? His own seed. Praise God. His own seed is still in there. So we must still bear our responsibility there. But be aware. Because if you if you are not wise, you will get overwhelmed by the multitude of activities of variant seeds that are manifesting. You know, Jesus prayed one prayer, God, don't take them away from this world, but keep them in the world. Keep them from the evil one. Yes. So part of your training, actually the major training ground for how much Christ you have is in church. (laughs) How to bear those things. How to be wise. You know, Christ is also a wisdom. The wisdom of God. How to be wise on how to sustain your place there. But at the same time, prioritize and elevate your building. Oh my God. Do you know why? By sustaining your place there, you are going to be a 
you are going to be a bridge for another soul to also be built a temple of the Lord and a habitation of God. So it's part of your calling. You must be able to sustain your place there with wisdom so that you can build bridges. But while you are building bridges, you know how they will pray that after I ministered, <laughs> that I will not be a castaway. So if all your labor is in building bridges and you are lean, you are not being built up a holy temple. A habit. That's actually your number one priority. I kid you not. You are not being built up a holy temple and habitation of God through the Spirit. Wahala day for you. Hmm. So I have a question. He's being truncated. Go ahead. Okay, it's two in one. The first is, it looks like we need a lot of discernment, which mm-hmm. I think will come as we grow, to be able to identify, like, false from the truth. And then the second question is, because you said that almost everywhere the devil has seeds. Yeah. Um. So what should be, like, what should be my attitude when I hear those, like, false doctrines, say, in church, I mean, because I have to fellowship with other believers. Yes. How does it mean that I stop going there or I just tune off because I know that there's also good seeds there. Exactly. And I can also be blessed. Yes. So how do I like balance both worlds and ensure that I'm I'm growing properly because there's all kinds of things flying Yes. Thank you so much for that question. Now some local assemblies are better than others in terms of there are some you know, for example, Redeemed Christian Church of God is one of the better ones. Do you get me? And there are other churches too that are better by doctrine. You see, they, you know, they preach in the name of Jesus. They preach faith. They have some doctrines that are good seeds. Just that maybe some other things have been sown and are causing problems. So what you do, the, the secret to all of this I'm saying is your own personal growth to discern. Growth will help you discern. And okay, let me now make it more practical. What I did was that I prioritized my not knowing Christ more than any other doctrine. I prioritize the doctrine of Christ above any other doctrine I hear. Does that help? It means that if you are hearing a doctrine and you are not sure, do you get me? Maybe doctrine of prosperity. Most of of those doctrines are in the realm of milk. The Holy Ghost, faith. Be we worship, we fellowshipping with it. If you are not sure, then just leave it one place somewhere. The sure doctrine is Christ's doctrine. And you in your spirit will know. The more you stay in Christ, your spirit will know. For example, if somebody is preaching about the Holy Spirit and being led by the Holy Spirit, is that not good? That's good. Yeah. The Bible says anything that is good, noble, of good report, think on those things. If somebody is preaching miracles for healing, is that not good? It's good. Except if the person is saying that you must bring X, Y, Z. This money, bring your coat. Do you get me? Or you must wear his Do you get me? Except you will know. You begin to sense. But you know, even anointing someone with oil. But in Bible, is there. Is that not good? Oil is not a bad thing. Pour oil on my head. Have I died? No, there's no problem. You can pour any oil you want to pour. <laughs> You can even pour me water. You just call it holy water. No problem. Yeah. So, the, generally, when, when something is not, not directly evil, you can receive it. But when something is trying to buy your hope, that's the key. Your hope. That's the key. Hope. 
Like, for example, the example I was giving about painting kingdom as campuses, businesses, showing, uh, showing physical videos of his ministry, projecting it as kingdom, taking over media, that is evil. Why? Because that is what, the, what Christ has taught me is that is not the kingdom of God. Right? <coughs> and then if it's not so, if it's not less obvious things, like healing is good, even prosperity is good, but as long as it's not your hope. She gets me. Do you get me? When a minister who preach prosperity, I love them. They are not evil. As long as they don't turn it to your hope and kill the Christ you are learning. It's not evil either. In fact, I've already I've covered the whole suite of milk. So if there's anything outside what I just said, healing, prosperity, faith, Holy Ghost, do you get me? That general scope of doctrines of repentance. You get me? Holiness, righteousness. If those, if those any faith, if the doctrine is outside what I just said, eh, just use your wisdom and package it somewhere. Amen. This does that help so me I, a little bit? I have a further question. Go ahead. So when, when, so when you say use your wisdom and package it somewhere, the, the question is, okay, let, let maybe let me bring another angle of it. What if you are in a place where there's a there's a a chunk of all that you talked about, like the milk and all that, and yes. then there's also a chunk of the other stuff, like and it's this it's, that a, reminds it's me an of environment <laughs> and, it's, <laughs> and it's an environment that requires your commitment and involvement to a certain extent. Yes. How how do you like it's not for you to say, oh I'm not I'm not going to partake in this or this some of your leaders may may take it as disobedience or mm-hmm. rebellion in a sense. Mm-hmm. So I'm just like how do you balance all of that? Is it not better to leave? I don't know, I'm just it's just a question. Very, very good yes. question. Very good question. The first answer to that is that it may not just it may not be living. Every place has those combinations. Every local church, some are worse than the others, not so, but every every the way the body is right now, every place has some of that. So that's why I don't really advise people to leave, except it's really bad. So you come and tell me this is what they are saying, or this is what they predict, what they emphasize. That's different. But most times you find that most of the churches you, you go to are churches where they emphasize faith, faith for money, faith yeah. for prosperity, yeah. milk, healing, Holy Ghost, all those things are okay. As long as they don't become your hope. And anywhere you go else, you will most likely meet the same thing again. Also mixed with other things. Now, zero, let me zero in on it. Now, when in a local church, your responsibility to God and to the church is to serve. And that service means you find a department and you serve there. You get me? Where you're, where you're most skilled. So if you can sing, you join the choir. Um, if you are good to if you are good in praying, you join the prayer department. I like doing evangelism. I joined evangelism. And but initially, when I was very hungry for God, I thought my how I manifested my hunger for God was by joining three different departments. Error. You get me. If you check it now, 
most Christians, you don't need to in a church. You don't. It, it, okay, in your workplace, how many how many departments are you in? One. Exactly. So that's the wisdom of balancing. You must serve, and you want to be excellent in your service. So you find a place where you can you can flow in, and depending on how more how much you've grown too as well, you'll be able to descend in the best place for you to and and you know serve there and play your role in welcoming new people because the the local is all about bringing new people into the fold. So the church must function well enough. Do you get me? So that people who are new can come in and get born again there. And also, by, by any potential new born, born again Christian, it's somebody who can potentially become a temple of the Lord and the habitation of God. That's how God sees it. So you are helping in that process. Now, many a times, the things that I call that may be wrong or wrong seeds are maybe doctrines that are being preached potentially. And in that one, you, you I mean, you have to endure it. You can hear it, sieve it out, and say, this is not for me. You know, there are many people who will hear somebody's ministration and say, this one is for me. I took, I got blessed from it. And in every ministration, especially if, I'm sure many of us are in churches where the pastors are sincere. They are not sincerely trying to deceive you. They just, unfortunately, sit and sow seeds because they don't have enough meat of righteousness. That's all. It's not their fault. They just have not grown enough. That's all. They don't have enough capacity. They just have not. And one unfortunate thing with us here in Canada, you know in Nigeria they have churches. New and Living Way Church, Love Seal Church, churches where you have pastors who have grown, who can actually be sound and you are safe in. But we don't have that same kind of replicability in Canada. So essentially, uh, we as a fellowship, we have to serve the role of building you up and making you sound enough to descend and endure and manage. And just understand that where you are serving, most likely, even your leaders, just because they have not been exposed to the doctrine of Christ, not because they don't feel like God, just because they've not been exposed to the doctrine of Christ or they don't want it, they are, they are not mature enough. They are, to be honest, they are babies. Do you get me? And because they are babies, not mature enough, do you get me? Either, or some of them may not be babies. Some of them are people may have grown a little bit, but they don't want to grow the rest of the mile. And those ones are even worse. Because if you know if you know light, I don't want to finish light because you like ministry. You become a, a, a worse problem than somebody who did not know light at all. So what you find out happening is that, Latina and everyone, you find out happening that in most places you go and serve, you are seeing double seeds manifest. Good seed of milk and also the one that Satan, Satan sowed. Now, the one that Satan sowed, most times it comes in the face of doctrine. When you are grown and know who you are in Christ, in terms of doctrine, you understand the doctrine of Christ. And if you don't understand the doctrine of Christ, when you see things like that, you have to hunger more to understand the doctrine of Christ. When you are very solid in Christ, when those wrong things are coming, it will be bouncing off you like, you know, what's, what's the word I'm looking for? You know, something that just bounce off. <laughs> yeah. So you, you will never see, you will find that you will never, you, you should, you will never, you won't have so much problem with leadership because it will not, it will not appear that you are maybe in disagreement with some of what is being taught. And guess what? Every church member is in disagreement with some of what is being taught. <laughs> It's not only you. 
Uh huh. Even what I'm teaching, even the people my own members. Even my own members, what I'm hearing by revelation and doctrine of Christ, are not in agreement with everything I'm teaching. So it's the same thing everywhere. So you're not the first person. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay, okay. Go ahead, Ian. So that's very helpful. Thank you so much. Aha. Uh-huh. You are not the first person. So you begin to sieve out those things. Now, when it now comes to actions, if you are in a certain department, if you are in more than one department, okay, let me let me be merciful. Maximum two, depending on how the church is. Maybe the church is young. <coughs> Just make sure that even if don't be in a department where do you get me? Where you feel that maybe I will not be able to I will be exposed in terms of what I believe. Do you get me? I will not be able to flow in. I remember there was a time they, uh, in one of my, uh, I was called, uh, when they wanted me to be in Sunday school. Oh boy, I had to pray <laughs> and use wisdom to pick race. <laughs> as fast as I could get away. Because you, I, you know what, you know what, you know it. Because once I get there and they will start discussing yeah. doctrine. Wahala day. And eventually, there's no way you cannot hide what you t- believe all the, all the years. And, and so those are one of the, those are, that is one department that if you are not fully aligned with all the doctrine, don't go there. Uh-huh. Because in that one, you'll be having problem with leadership. You stay somewhere. Prayer is a safe one. You, you don't have to pray. pray. And you won't pray their prayer for I told you milk is good. To pray for money is not bad. It's not evil. To pray for healing is not evil. Do want to pray their prayers is not evil. And you now, with word of righteousness wisdom, you now add into the prayer, word of righteousness yeah. prayer. You combine both. And everybody is praying. They are praying for money. They are praying for wisdom and revelation. Go would. <laughs> Go. <laughs> Go. Everything. It's like family. Go we take advantage of that. I use it to yeah. win some into revelation. Evangelism is another safe department. You can never go wrong in trying to convert somebody to Jesus. Singing in choir is another safe department. It's not Jesus you are singing about. Uh-huh. So those things, you now go, as you grow, you now gain wisdom of how to properly fit in in service. So that you can help new people come and settle. People, and every soul who is born again is a potential temple of the Lord. That's how we should view the church. Are you saying that? So it's of high priority. But for you individually, of even higher, even greater priority is Ephesians chapter 2, 20 to 22. That you be built up a temple in the Lord. And also after that, built together for an habitation of God through what? Through the Spirit. If you ever shortchange this, you will die. Simple. Not physically. Spiritually. Now people will ask me why. This, this is the reason why. If you've been growing and be, becoming almost a temple where the project is un, uncompleted and you don't want to grow further because maybe you want to maybe do something else, you'll become an enemy of God. Because since you don't want to move further, you will now be hindering those who wants to move further. That's that's what happens. 
Do you get me? Why? Because anybody who grows spiritually, you are almost in the spirit a teacher to the person who is less lower than you. You may not be, you may not be me teaching. I, I, I don't have the time, it's gone. But you see it in Ephesians chapter 5. It says, when ye ought to be teachers, ye have need that won't teach you again. The elementary principles of doctrine of Christ, meaning milk. Meaning he was teaching them Christ, meat. And Paul called them teachers. Not that they will have ministry. Just by stature. Just by knowing things. Do you get me? Uh, like me I know Jennifer, you've been with EJFF quite a bit. Do you get me? You have knowledge. That your knowledge. You may not be holding ministry and teaching. But that knowledge that you have inside you, you can use it to teach people. One on one. You can use it to edify in your church. Make comments that will bless people. So, knowing Christ makes you a teacher somewhere in the spirit. Because it means you have content to give to somebody else. Praise God. And what that means is that if you are growing, that's why I say you just have to keep on growing. Keep on knowing. If you are growing, and it's not a one-day thing, but over time, you begin to disdain the rest of the, the development. You realize you, want, you have ambition. For most times, it's ministry that causes this problem. <laughs> most times. You have ambition for ministry and wanting or the other. Maybe it's money like Demas. Demas was a perfect example of this problem. If you read it, I think it's, uh, is it 2 Timothy? Can, who can, let's read it. 1 Timothy or 2 Timothy was a perfect example. His own was this world. His own was this world. Is it 2 or I think it's second chapter four. Yeah, second Timothy chapter four. I think about verse seven to ten there about. Second Timothy four. Um that's I have put a good fight, is that it? Yes. Yes, that's it. Okay. Second Timothy four, seven to ten. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race, I have kept the faith. Finally, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day, and not to me only, but also to all who have loved his appearing. Be diligent to come to me quickly, for Demas has forsaken me, mm. having loved this present, this present world, world, and has departed for Thessalonica. So, Crescent, sorry, okay. So, hold on, just, just one. Demas was not a small boy. Demas, it means Demas had been with Paul until Paul was about to have finished his race. So it's not, are you saying? The, the, the Paul, so Paul has finished his building in the Lord. Demas was maybe here. He had not finished his own building. But Paul, Demas had been, so let me prove it to you. Demas had been with Paul. Let's see, is it Colossians chapter, I think it's Colossians. Let me read Colossians. Verse 14, verse 13 and 14, Colossians chapter 4, 13 and 14. Colossians 4, 13 and 14. For I bear him witness that he has a great zeal for you, and those who are in Laodicea and those in Hierapolis. Luke, the beloved physician, and Demas greet you. Greet the brethren who are in Laodicea and Nymphas and the church that is in his house. Praise God. So, this, you see, they, he used Luke's name and Demas together. They were all close. Luke was the writer of the book of Luke. That Luke. 
So Demas was not a newborn babe. Was not just born again. Demas had been journeying with Paul. I mean, Demas had known God. Demas had been knowing righteousness, knowing Christ. Even at the end, when Paul was about to finish his course, Demas was also there. That's the time Demas now left. That's the time Demas now left. So imagine, imagine you now meeting. You know you've been hearing about Demas. Imagine, so look at Demas as like a, a bishop of nowadays. All those high bishops. Look at Demas. You know, how many of us know Bishop Oyedepo? And everybody knows also Bishop Abiyoye. Pastor Abiyoye, who is like a second in command. Imagine someone like that is like Demas. Just almost very popular, almost as popular as Oyedepo himself. Just following Oyedepo. And then decides to forsake him. It will be a big news. In fact, some people will follow him to be going. Because Demas would, you get me, that kind of stature would have, would have people have been here following him, also hearing him. Amen. So, Amen. the one of the secrets I tell people of journey in Christianity is meekness. Is meekness. Is humility. Humility will help you throughout the process of knowing. Because you will be tempted for sure. There is no way you will not be tempted. Whereas the ministry or is this world, whatever it is, is still a temptation. The last, at the end of the day, is still a temptation. And if you are somebody who people look up to, and then you decide to turn from the way, you'll be a great danger to God's work. Because people will hear you, people will listen to you. Yeah. So it's why we got we, souls, we need to keep on journeying life. Everlasting life. You see those two temples. Temple of the Lord. Then an habitation of God through the Spirit. God will grant okay, us mercy. God will help us. Go ahead. Sorry. I know I know it's um it may sound very basic and redundant, but okay. I'm just like how how does one ensure that they do not get to a place where they no longer have a desire to to keep growing and to continue in Christ? Because I mean, we've we've seen it happen. There, there are so many people today that years ago, ten years ago, five years ago, if somebody had told me that <coughs> this person would, you know, would stop following God, you would say it's impossible. Yes, because those are like people we used to look up to. Like, yeah. so how how does one? Is is there a foolproof plan <laughs> or a mm-hmm. way to ensure that? You don't fall into the same trap. Yes. There actually is. There actually is. But it, it, it would take it takes your life. It's one of the things that men don't like to do. The 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 end of the answer, and I'll give you the process to the answer. But the end of the answer is to when you find a leader, somebody to follow, you follow him blindly till the end. That's the end of the answer. But wait, before you conclude, that's what you say. <laughs> before you conclude, let me go through the process to the answer. Okay. First, how did you come about that leader? What is his doctrine? 
then first of all, after you hear this doctrine, where is he going? Where is the, his destination? And there's one thing I always make clear when I minister. I minister to, it's Colossians chapter 2, verse 2. I make it clear. I tell people when we do our fellowship in Edmonton here. Colossians chapter 2, verse 2. It says uh, that their hearts. Are you ready to listen now? Colossians 2, 2. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, Colossians 2, 2. That their hearts may be encouraged, being knit together in love. And attaining to all riches of the full assurance of understanding, to the knowledge of the mystery of God, both of the Father and of Christ, and of Christ. in whom, yeah, in whom are hid all treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Yeah. So, knowledge. there are three mysteries. KJV puts it, the mystery of God, which is the mystery of eternal life, the mystery of the Father, which is the mystery of everlasting life, and the mystery of Christ, which is the mystery of life, which Paul was revealing. So you go from life to everlasting life to eternal life. So I make it plain. I tell people this is the vision. I make it plain. If you ever see me not preaching doctrine of Christ or everlasting life or eternal life, I tell them you can come and collect the mic for me. Very simple. Uh-huh. It's very plain. that. So it's not me. It's where this direction that I have set that we are, we are going in a direction of life, everlasting life, eternal life full stop so it means preaching the knowledge of Christ preaching the knowledge of the father that's what they call it the father and the son and finally preaching the obedience of eternal life that's all there is to me so when if you've known that that this is this is the direction this is the flow and you believe it and you see it and you see that this is where we are going then give yourself to it. That is the that's the actual secret of is I and that's why I call it the secret is meekness because for you to give yourself to somebody or to the to a ministry is is meekness. But that's actually the safety and I, I, you know I don't I don't like to say it but that's just that's the safety. When you so you are not submitting per se to a person you are submitting to the doctrine that the person has been sworn to. And that doctrine is safety, is safe. Do you get me? Now, now that I've, if I've made that bare and clear, if maybe, for example, I now be preaching Christ and say, I don't want to preach everlasting life again. I don't want to preach Father again. And you want to go into Father. And I, I'm refusing to preach Father. I, and I now tell you there's nothing more than Christ. Do you get me? I've already told you the vision from before. So now you now know that I have a problem. Are you seeing it? Are you seeing how to, to tell? Yeah. You now know that I have a problem and you can now talk to me about it. And then if I still don't give a satisfactory answer, what will happen? Uh, if I still don't give you a satisfactory answer, then you continue your journey. The original journey that you submitted that to. That I set out. Exactly. The original vision that you submitted to, you continue it and finish it. So is this salvation is personal, but God for safety brought us together as family yeah, as a company, pull leadership with vision. So it's the vision you are following. <laughs> as long as that vision is being in that house, that house is safe. Yeah. 
Praise God. And so, so you want you want she has been cut out. Huh? Yeah, yeah, I, I, saw Iano, that. I think she's trying to come back into the meeting. Okay, okay. Okay. So what that means is that by laying the vision out so plainly like that, if maybe even some of maybe people under me, you know, people part of the ministry come and I'll tell you that ah no, you go and do other things, you will know that it's not coming from me. Are you saying that? Because I've laid down the vision. The vision is that we continue growing, we'll continue learning. There is no point that we'll not stop learning. Even when God comes. Just that the only difference is that me, I'll stop talking. I mean, I can't wait to stop talking. <laughs> I'll close my Bible. <laughs> and like, if I thought I asked me a question, and I, I say, please, help my life. Go and talk to Jesus. <laughs> me to have question. <laughs> Amen. But in his physical absence, God is using us. Amen. To convey this message. But when she lands, me and I become like you, man. I begin to ask the same kind of questions. Because I also need more understanding. But God is endless. God will teach. You can just tell it by his nature. When Jesus was around, he likes to teach. He likes to teach. He can tell the purpose, the intent. Let's go and see it. Let's see one more witness and we'll end for today. Uh, John chapter, you'll see the Beatitudes, I think in Matthew chapter 4, you can start from Matthew chapter 4, we'll just see, we'll see Jesus' mind, you are seeing the person of Jesus, the attitude of Jesus, then you will know what he prioritizes in life. Matthew chapter 4. Matthew chapter 4, yeah. From verse 1? Or... No, not verse 1, let's see... <coughs> verse 24 the last two verses and then chapter 5 verse 1 okay then his fame went throughout all syria and they brought to him all sick people who were afflicted with various diseases and torments and those who were demon possessed epileptics and paralytics and he healed them great multitudes followed him from galilee and from decapolis jerusalem judea and beyond the jordan and seeing the multitudes, he went up on a mountain, and when he was seated, his disciples came to him. Then he opened his mouth, and he so, taught them. Okay, now pause. So, <laughs> see, see minister of the gospel. People came from all over the world to come and hear you. Not to hear you, actually. They wanted miracle. The Decapolis, Syria, beyond the Jordan, even from Africa, all, all Israel, they came to come and get healing. This thing will make most uh, ministers of the gospel jump. Ministry has started. Ministry has blown. Jesus left them. Are you seeing that? Chapter 1, chapter one verse 5. Mm-hmm. And yeah. seeing the multitude, he left them. And he went up into a what? A mountain. And when he was set, what happened? Who followed him? His disciples. What happened to the multitude? They, they, they stayed downstairs. <laughs> <laughs> imagine, imagine, but, ah, see, Satan is bad. How you can hook mine? You left Greece. You know how much money is for transportation? You left Greece. You left Syria to come and receive healing from a man, Jesus. And when you now finally got to a man, the man, the man has just went upstairs a little bit. This is the reason why you came to Jerusalem. 
you travel far. This is the reason why you came. But because he wasn't immediately healing you, you, you stayed where you were staying. You stayed downstairs because he was not healing you immediately. Are you saying that? <coughs> Praise God. So, but when Jesus went up to the mountain, who followed him? His disciples followed him. Now, this is the height of tell, testing somebody's personality. This is the height. If you want to know the true, if you want to expose somebody's heart, make him rich, show him money, try and buy him. If you want to expose a minister of the gospel's heart, let his ministry blow. You will now know whether he was really just preaching Christ then because there were a few. <laughs> <laughs> you can imagine if like 1,000 people start coming to me before you know it I'll start putting prosperity now <laughs> so your seed. you will blow <laughs> just so your seed if I, by this same time next year I'm a shire tamoko me I say your life will not be the same <laughs> maybe, maybe God doesn't even trust me so well so I still manage it you <laughs> It's out of love. Please, Father, if you don't trust me, don't, it's okay. Let's be managing until you trust me. <laughs> oh, the way you want to test a soul. Sure, look at what happened to Jesus. Verse 20, and they followed him. Great multitudes of people from Galilee, from Decapolis, so that's from Greece, from Jerusalem, from Judah, and from beyond the Jordan. Those are Arab nations. You know, Israel is here. Jordan is here. All these ones are Arab Babylon, Arab Persia, Arab nation. People were coming. Meaning, all nations. How many pastors don't want all nations? All nations are coming to your church. Oh boy, your, your tongue would change. You want to keep them. It means that they are the ones who have power over you. But Jesus wanted to tell you the trueness of his character. What is priority to him and his father? He left them. That's chapter 5 verse 1, Matthew. And seeing the multitudes, he went up into a mountain. And when he was set out of the multitude, the people who like to be taught, the people who understand this person, what he likes, the people who understand what you like are your disciples, the people who understand your vision are your disciples. They understood that Jesus' vision was not to kill, healing was good. Do you get me? And I'll prove it. You will see later. You see it. But first priority to Jesus was impartation of blessing, of understanding of knowledge. Let's see. Let me prove it. It's, it's very, it's, this, this is a powerful, uh, very powerful, uh, uh, what do they call it? Testimony of Jesus' priority of heart that we also, that God is training us, we also should have. Like I've been saying, praise God. Amen. So, when, when he was set, his disciples came unto him. And verse 1, chapter 2 says, And he opened his mouth and did what? So what if you ask Jesus, interview, sir, what do you prefer to teach or to heal or to do miracles? Jesus exhibited it. That my preference is to teach what my father is saying. That is my preference. My preference is to teach what my father is saying. To teach and to teach. Now, he began to teach. Chapter chapter 5. Blessed, he taught the beatitude. Blessed are the poor. He taught and he taught and he taught. He taught. Resident to teachings on murder and anger. Teachings on temptation. Teachings of divorce. Teachings on oaths. Teachings on forgiveness. T- 
teachings on loving one's enemies. He entered into chapter 6, teachings on givings, teachings on prayers. Oh, this is how you should pray. That's why chapter 6. Teachings on fasting, teachings on treasures in heaven. He taught and he taught and he taught. Teachings on worry, take no thought for your life. Is this side the same teaching? He entered chapter 7, teachings on judged and being judged, teachings on asking and receiving, teachings on the straight and wide gates, teachings on false prophets, teachings on rock and sound foundation. Oh, he kept teaching until the end of chapter 7. Let's see the end of chapter 7. Latina, help us read verse 29. Chapter 7, verse 29. For he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. Now, chapter 8, verse 1. When he had come down from the mountain, <laughs> great multitudes followed him. And behold, a leper came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Then Jesus put out his hand and touched him, saying, I am willing, be cleansed. Immediately his leprosy was cleansed. And Jesus said to him, See that you tell no one, but go your way, show yourself to the priest, and offer the gifts that, that Moses commanded as a testimony to him. These are not two different meals. These are the same multitudes from chapter 4. After all the pre- Imagine, why don't you just go and go and join the preaching now? Wow. See blindness of the heart. Blindness. I told you, I remember I said it, that the first thing you do when enlightenment comes is that you start, they will start breaking blindness of heart. They will start teaching you the hope of your calling that is not just making heaven, it's actually eternal life. They will start breaking blindness, lies that Satan has used to warp your soul. Because imagine this Jesus that you came, it means you didn't come for Jesus, you came for miracle. You know what you came for. But Jesus is not saying, no, look at me, this is me. Yes, I can do the miracle, but I want to show you what is number one. It's impartation of teaching, of doctrine, of knowledge and understanding. But also, I also do miracles. I also heal. All those things are also important because without those things, like I say, without local assemblies, people will not believe. It's a, it's a house for churning souls. It's so important. To, because how, how did you even come to hear me? You first started from a local assembly. You first got born again. You were first iron sharpened iron. Then before that, from that place, every potential new bed soul, every potential born again Christian is a potential for the purpose of God, which is to be built up a temple of the Lord. That's Ephesians chapter 2, right? Verse 21. Yeah. And then the second one, a habitation of God through the Spirit. That Paul now said in chapter 3 verse 1, for this purpose, this is the purpose, this is the real purpose, for this purpose, I, Paul, an apostle to you, the Gentiles, have labored for preaching, so that you will be built up. Amen. So, where did Paul learn it from? From Jesus. The same attitude. This is is our attitude. Our attitude of prioritizing knowledge above all things, prioritizing your development above all things, understanding, for this is life eternal, that ye may know the one true God, is a knowing protocol, and him who he has sent, Jesus Christ, is a protocol of knowledge that will build you up to house the Lord, and then build you up to house God, amen, so let's not be mixing up priorities of life, that's not, are you seeing what I'm trying to say? This is a great wisdom. 
and try to rearrange priorities of life in heart. Seeing how now the fact that the fact that growing up as just as as disseminated, growing up is the highest priority. Priority doesn't mean that you don't do the other one, the second one. You don't do the next priority. It, do you get me? Your first priority does not mean you do not you don't do your second priority. Does not mean you do you don't do your third priority. Like I said, the fact that you know we're talking about doctrines, the fact that you are learning the doctrine of Christ, learning the doctrine of everlasting life, does not mean that you will not learn doctrine to be to be rich, to to prosper, to balance your life. Does not mean you will not believe a preacher who wants to heal you. Does not mean you will not believe when they are teaching you about elementary principles of faith and of the Holy Ghost. But you will must prioritize the one that makes you a temple. Because it is your life. Amen. Hallelujah. I think we have tried for today. Alright. You are blessed. I'm blessed. I had one more question, but I'll ask it later. <laughs> I use it. Ask it, ask it. Let's just get it out. Iyanu uh, was not able to join back in. Yeah, she, she said she's on a trip and the network <laughs> is not good. She's on a what? Like they're going somewhere and the network is not good. Okay, okay, okay. That's why. Okay. Yeah. All right. Sounds good. Okay. Go ahead. Yes, yeah, so, your question. Sorry, please, everybody, forgive me. Don't be angry with me, please. <laughs> the, the, this, um, you said something I just wanted to clarify there was something you said about people who I don't know if I, I heard it well so if I'm wrong please. something about some people loving ministry more than um, like continuing in God like continuing in eternal life I don't know can you I don't understand what you mean I mm. thought I thought people only love ministry when they love God. Ah, <laughs> you are safe, my daughter. It means you are safe. Um, you want to understand? Once, uh, many times is 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 actually a cause of ministers of the gospel. When you when we are called, you know, most people they start out just loving God. They just start doing ministry because they love God. But after some time, you get sometimes most people people get corrupted because of temptation. Especially when you start seeing other ministries blast around you. Mm-hmm. You too, you now start asking God, when is my own? <laughs> you get me? So it's, it's normally something that typically in people who are in ministry, for some reason, mostly men. I don't know. We have a problem. Mostly men are ready to temptations of ambition, wanting to be something, wanting to be known, wanting to be people to be have control. You get me? Wanting people to be under them. You know, like all those kind of glories. There are temptations for every every minister of the gospel that you have to fight. You have to fight in your heart to be pure. And then sometimes you even find that even amongst people who are in world of righteousness, who are preaching doctrine of Christ, some have more people than the others. You get me? So that will also be a temptation too. So all manners of different temptations come in. And unfortunately, it's possible that there are some people who are, who are lured by that temptation. And, and you know, and sometimes, if you are, if, especially if you are in this kind of work, you should not be tempted by ministry. Otherwise, you become a problem. Because what happens is that in this kind of work, you are gaining knowledge of God, access to deep things of God, Christ's knowledge, everlasting knowledge. And if you, maybe because of like Demar's own problem was this world, present world, 
we didn't keep reading. There was another guy. His own problem was ministry. Alexander the coppersmith. If I can descend by the spirit, his problem was ministry. Uh, so, but Demas' own was this present world that made him to depart. Alexander the coppersmith was doing Paul much evil because he loved somewhere. He loved that thing, that, that seat that Paul had. He loved that ministry seat. People listening to. So he too began to preach and talk. He wanted people, he wanted control. He wanted, wanted people to be listening to him. And you know, the only way for him to do that, he had to be ta- with saying, speaking evil against Paul. He had to be speaking evil. Uh, there are people like that in Lagos who, like, they, their whole ministry is centered around pre- pre- preaching against EGFM, the uh, our father, Reverend K. And the EGFM, that's their whole ministry. <laughs> Calling is that they just feel they take them upon as a person that to save the people. <laughs> wow. In some other one shade or the other, I've experienced something like that here too. Praise God. So you can have such people, you know, who within your ministry who just don't like that. You get me. People are listening to you and stuff like that. I cannot decide to, as a reason, begin to say, also say something, say their own thing. And so at that hour, they are doing it out of ambition, out of jealousy of ministry, or they, they want ministry too as well. And once that begins, I don't know, but once that begins to creep in, what happens is that whether you like it or not, whether willingly or unwillingly, you actually become an enemy of the work. You become an enemy of the, the, the process, the progress, of the progression of what God is trying to do. Because you are doing it out of a wrong place. Out of also wanting people to hear you or gather to you, kind of thing, or be that you be important, you know, like all those kind of things. And those things only, you know, some of these things. When when we when I, I started ministry, all those things were never on my heart. And nobody ever goes into ministry wondering, thinking that they will have they will deal with those things. But there's no minister of the gospel who won't fight those things as you progress in ministry. Satan knows how to plug. He's just plugging it from the same roots called ambition. We like ambition. We like to be known. Pride of life. Lust of the flesh. Lust of the eyes. It's the same root he uses. He pulls. It may be ministry. It may be this world. Whatever it may be. But if that same root is in us. Ambition. We want to be something. We want to be known. Satan can use that to begin to cause you to do things that maybe are not pleasing to in God's sight. Um, I think that's a fair way to answer. I can go a bit deeper in it. But this is not the place for that. Uh-huh. Uh, so the whole key is guarding your heart with diligence, keeping it pure, keeping your heart pure. That this thing is about, for me, simple. I've said it many times. My own is about raising souls in Christ, in life, in everlasting life, in eternal life. The vision is so clear. I say it all the time. The vision is so clear for all to see. I'm not doing anything else. If I ever do anything else, come and take the mic from me. Tell me to shut up. I'm not saying the right thing. I should go back to what, <laughs> what I said. I want to have a, I, what I said. I promise I'll be doing life, everlasting life, and eternal life. You get me? So knowledge of Christ, knowledge of, of the Father, and the obedience in God. That's the vision. It's very plain and very clear. And those, two, those things, what I just laid out, those knowledges make you a temple. And that obedience makes you a habitation. Because you'll be doing all of God's pleasure. When you know him and are obeying him, you are his habitation. 
That's a, you see that. That's that's so. You see uh, here, God is bringing out that those two scriptures as visions. Ephesians chapter two, verse twenty to twenty-two, and Colossians chapter two, verse two. Those are the foundational visions that you can take to the bank and say that if I'm here, this is where I am going. Do you get me? And if if we are not going in that direction, you can correct me. You can yes. That's it. And nobody should uh, to tell you otherwise. Yes. Praise God. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. And that kind, this kind of part, don't people like to be t- teaching, teaching, teaching? Not so? <laughs> people like this to happen in their life. <laughs> Amen. But I'm trusting God this year. Things will also happen in your life in the name of Jesus. Amen. Yes, because we are not enemies of prosperity. We are not enemies of healing. We are not enemies of all those good things that God has promised also in His Word. God will also bring them to pass in our lives. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 We've gone a little bit over. Jennifer, you have anything to uh, thank you? Uh, nothing. I just wanted to say it's good to be back. It's good to see everybody's face, faces and to say yes. thank you, Pastor James. Thank you. Thank you, Jennifer. Thank you so much. Thank you, everyone. We're back. So every Sunday now. Oh, Victoria, you have a question? No, I just meant to say, based on what Jennifer said, it'd be nice to see your face one in a while. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Okay, okay uh, once in a while. But not tonight. Not tonight? Okay. Oh. Thank you, everyone. God bless you. Uh, yeah. My brother, Tops. How are you, okay, sir? Me. Well done. How are you? Very good, sir. Very, very good. How are you doing now? How is work and everything? Very fine, sir. Well, bless God. Very bless God. God. I, I understand, uh, you know, you couldn't make it for SOS because of work. I know, because yeah, yeah. of this place. Yes, yes. It's okay. But I followed. Yeah, I, I know now. I know. No doubt. No doubt. Yeah. We thank God. Thank you all for joining. God bless you. We are back. Right, we restarted uh, by the grace of God. Uh, God will strengthen us in the mighty name of Jesus. Uh, can Amen. we say a word of closing word of prayer? Uh, talk by help me, please. Help us say okay. closing word of prayer. <laughs> Dwells between the cherubim, shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim, shine forth. You dwells between.